Stone Cold versus Mr. McMahon. They gave Stone Cold Steve Austin all he could handle. Bret Hart versus Shawn Michaels. Everybody in that goddamn dressing room knows that I'm the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Raven versus Tommy Dreamer. He said you weren't a true friend. He said you'd turn your back on me. He was right. Greg the Sound Guy and Mo Lightning versus Common Sense. You rule the world long enough. You're tuning into the newest, greatest feud in pro wrestling. Get ready. You're listening to The Big Show from Wrestling Audio. Just about a month away from the decision-making process of the Wrestling Audio Top 50 Wrestlers of 2018 list, you are a humbled listener get to be involved start thinking about who's had the best year in all of pro wrestling and uh, we'll get you some more details how to shape that list a little bit closer to the end of uh, of november thanks for tuning into this show this is the big show imo he is greg the sound guy greg what's up man hey how's it going Good. i'm thinking this year for the list we're probably going to see the most um non-wwe wrestlers i think that we've ever had on a previous list Last year, for sure, we had Kenny Omega and Cody Rhodes and some of those guys sneak onto the list. That's some good spots, too. But I think this year, the WWE exhaustion or frustration really set in. And so, obviously, with All In and New Japan infiltrating the U.S., it's it's going to be a great year for non-WWE talent. Right. And, and, and the UFC booking wrestling angles better than pro wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, at this point, we could almost include them on the list. All right. All right. Well, <laughs> let's let, let's just dive right into it. We got Royal Rumble fun facts, and we got yes. news to talk about. And we're going to start with something that's not directly related to pro wrestling. No, no. But if I uh, I know this isn't MMA audio, but, uh, uh, you know, we had the uh, uh, McGregor fight. I'm not even going to try to pronounce the other guy's name. Um. We'll call him other guy. See, we'll 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 call. Uh, this is a we'll, high quality, <laughs> high class podcast, ladies see, and gentlemen. This, again, we're not MMA audio, but we got to bring this up because if if I was to tell somebody, if I was to tell somebody a story, if I was to say, "Hey, do you think this sounds like a wrestling storyline?" and then I go on to tell them that there's the the the, the cocky heel. And then the soft-spoken uh, baby face, and then the cocky heel attacks the baby face, or attempts to attack him, while he's sitting on a bus with a weapon, before the fight, and it escalates the fight even more. Then the fight happens. Then the the, the soft-spoken uh, baby face wins the match against all odds, retains his title. I think he was the title holder, or no? Was it McGregor that was the title holder? Regardless, God, sure. Tells you how much I pay attention. I only I only watched the the soap opera storylines after the fact. <laughs> then then after the match, after the the, the soft spoken babyface wins the match and wins the title, then uh, the 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 opposing the cocky heels team antagonizes the babyface to the point where he snaps after the match and attacks the team, and it's pandemonium. After the match, uh, his team attacking the other guy's team, and it has to be broken up by security. And you got, and you got the promoter in there, b- trying to direct traffic. And 
Doesn't that sound like a pro wrestling storyline? Doesn't that sound like a rest, like a hot wrestling angle? Man, that sounds like Stone Cold versus Vince McMahon, sort of, kind of. <laughs> you know, Stone Cold against all odds, taking on the corporation, and, you know, <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, it's a great, it's a, it's a great pro wrestling-based storyline that is getting UFC a lot of attention. <laughs> right. and, and WWE is like, well, we used to do that. <laughs> we used to do that a long time ago. <laughs> Yeah, it's good for UFC. You know, anything they can do to bring attention. Uh, the one guy cutting a promo, changing his, his shorts in the middle of the octagon while doing because he's too hot. So he's stripping down to his boxers after his victory in the middle of the octagon, talking to Dana White, was it? It's like, and then you got Brock Lesnar with that soap opera going on. It's like UFC is where... The creative minds have gone, except none of that was planned. Well, and maybe not all of it. At but least you know. that's as far as we know. This could be like wrestling of the the 1970s, you know, or 20 years from now we find out that it was all one big work. Hey, if that's the case, good for them. I I, I, <laughs> I wouldn't say that UFC is hurting. That that would be a, a, a huge exaggeration, but. The popularity hasn't quite been there. I mean, Connor's still popular. He's still being Connor and getting people's uh, eyeballs on the product. But they lost Ronda, who is a huge superstar. And UFC doesn't have a plethora of big names right now. So when you do something like this, that grabs people's attention. And that's and that's what UFC needs. Right. I, I, I commend them. If it's storyline or not, if this was all just real life, I don't know. But I'm sure they weren't exactly told ahead of time, oh, you need to behave yourselves. <laughs> you don't, you know, don't do anything that's going to cause attention to the product now. We don't want that bad press. It's exactly why uh, McGregor didn't get suspended uh, when he threw the dolly at the bus that legitimately injured multiple fighters sitting on that bus and not the guy that he was going after. Uh, there was no repercussions there, and then even um, uh, the other, the, the the Russian, we'll call him Drago, you know, because he's from he's from Russia. Um, even uh, Drago uh, seems to be getting more flack from his own family for what he did than what he's getting from the UFC. Then uh, I guess he is getting fined by the uh, uh, state athletic commission for hopping the octagon and attacking basically a, a bystander, even though the bystander might have been shouting uh, inappropriate names at him. Uh, he's still uh, facing a, a large fine for that, from the uh, not from the UFC, but from the uh, Athletic Commission for... I, I, obviously, you're not going to want to run your talent out of town <laughs> if you're UFC, because... You're, you're, I won't say you're the only game in town, but these guys have crossover appeal now. MMA stars can can cross over to acting, other sports, wrestling, wherever they want to go, they can go. Or they can help build another promotion somewhere else. So you're going to want to slap them on the wrist, but not too hard of a slap there. <laughs> you know, leave a little bit of a mark, but not, you know, don't make them cry or anything. Uh, so, so I get that, while WWE hasn't really caused any sort of controversy or buzz naturally in quite some time. You brought Ronda Rousey over, cool. But ever since then, you're so protective. 
and so controlling of every storyline. You force feed us Roman Reigns, who is a nice guy, but obviously crowds not exactly endearing themselves to him or vice versa. Uh, it's maybe WWE needs to loosen up. Maybe they just need to let, and I'm not saying an incident happen, but maybe just let some of your wrestlers, some of your superstars just kind of take control of their own future and see if they can create some sort of excitement where UFC's main event after the main event caused that. I'm like, they've already done so. And now they're already selling more box offices in the future should they move forward with this. So, Right, because the, this current uh, pay, UFC pay-per-view supposedly did over 2 million buys, uh, which is going to... They're claiming it's going to be the largest selling MMA pay-per-view in history. And now all they got to do is book this rematch with these two guys. And that one will probably outsell... And who knows what pandemonium will happen in the future between these two guys. That's what they need to do is if they could really build this as a spirited rivalry, which you could argue it's already there, but if they just continue <laughs> doing so, you're going to bring in even more eyeballs to this feud, this situation, whatever, you know, this, you know, development. I don't know. But uh, so, so UFC... As much as they may or may not like what happened, obviously you don't want to get fans involved to any extent. The NBA went through that issue well over a decade ago with the Detroit Pistons and Indiana Pacers, was it? I remember that. Yeah, it was the Pacers. Yeah, I remember that. Uh, And actually, there was video of fans fighting amongst themselves after the the pay-per-view. Right, so that's... That's a blemish you don't want, but right. people are talking about the product. Look, we're a pro wrestling podcast, and we're talking about, we're kicking off the show with this discussion. So they're doing something right where, again, uh, to, to maybe transition back into the pro wrestling world a bit more, WWE is so controlling and they overthink things so much. Uh, I don't know if you had this in your news or not, but Monday night on Raw, something that we've already known for a while, the worst kept secret but Shawn Michaels officially comes out of retirement after eight years and they go to commercial and you kind of have to wonder like, wait, did he officially come out? Like WWE, instead of just letting it happen and letting the crowd get excited was so controlling that Shawn Michaels unretirement it wasn't even that big of a deal. <laughs> yes. Okay. I got two words, not for you guys, but for the undertaker and Kane. Are you ready? And then, oh, Crown Jewel, DX, and the Brothers of Destruction, commercial. And then they come back with a graphic that, oh, okay, okay, Shawn Michaels is unretired, okay. Because the way he said it could have, we know different. But if you're a casual fan or you don't know Shawn Michaels, you may just think he's going to be in Triple H's corner again. Right. So, yeah. But anyway, Shawn Michaels is coming back. Now, of course, the further rumors that, depending on how this goes, he may take on someone at WrestleMania. I think that's the way to go. If Shawn Michaels is unretiring, it shouldn't be just for this one crown jewel 1999 match. (laughs) Hopefully it's going to be a few. He's going to be part-time. He's not going to be a full-time wrestler. No, but if Shawn Michaels is going to unretire, I do hope it's, it's worth more than a paycheck. So hopefully this gets the ring rust out. And then we do get to see Shawn Michaels versus an AJ Styles or Daniel Bryan or Jinder Mahal. (laughs) <laughs> is there anybody like so now that you know Shawn michaels is returning it's official yeah. no more speculation on that we know the tag match is happening which is fun it helps protect a lot of the people in that match 
Should Shawn Michaels continue wrestling, though, do a singles feud, who should it be against? I don't know. It makes sense to me for Daniel Bryan. Is it? Student student versus teacher. You know, is it okay to have face versus face in this in this scenario? You have Shawn Michaels, this legend, unretire, taking on one of the most over stars in the world. Hey, Shawn Michaels can bounce from face to heel, like, within the same show. But do you do that? Well, like, oh, Shawn Michaels is unretired, and he's a heel now. Do you do that? <laughs> Does WWE do that? Shawn Michaels can. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. It, it, either way, it's an exciting time if you're a Shawn Michaels fan. I, I'll go on the record and state I'm not as enthused as everyone else is. I, 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 I respect the hell out of Shawn Michaels as a performer, as an entertainer. People love this guy, but... DX versus the Brothers of Destruction in 2018 does very little for me. <laughs> On paper, it's a good match. I see why, you know, why people are excited. I'm not telling people not to be excited, but for me personally, it's a good nostalgia match, but I think a lot of people may be disappointed. It's, it's going to be one, one extreme reaction or the other, Greg. It's going to be people are really disappointed that this isn't the Shawn Michaels of old, shocker, or this is the best match all year. <laughs> and, and I doubt that's going to be the case as well. So um, I don't think there's going to be too many people that's in between like, eh, it was all right. <clears throat> okay, it's fine. DX versus Brothers. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> all right. So anyway, what else you got in the news, buddy? Well, since you brought up Crown Jewel, um, got a little tidbit on that. Uh, looks like they had to move venues. Uh, instead of being at the 68,000... King Fahid International Stadium. Fajita? King Fajita Stadium. <laughs> that sounds delicious. Uh, they were moved to the 25,000 King Saudi University Stadium. That doesn't sound as tasty. <laughs> All right, so, so, so what was the venue size difference again? I was distracted so, by taste. Uh, 68,000 down to 25. Well, you're you're gonna get a more rowdy, dedicated, hardcore 25k, which is still a, a big number. It's not a small number by any means, but that is a significant drop in 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 seats. Well, I, they're trying to make it sound worse than it is. I guess is how they're trying to spin it. Is because they're claiming that it's not. Uh, you know, WWE released a pre press release saying that it was not due to uh, a, lot, a lot of people were assuming it was due to low ticket sales so they wanted to move it to a smaller venue but they said that's not the case they said it's because the uh, larger stadium uh, has renovations going on and there's even some uh, soccer slash football uh, matches that are being moved as well that were scheduled for the same time period uh, due to these uh, renovations that's going on at the stadium. Sure. I, mean, I, I don't... And obviously, as uh, an entertainer myself, who's been doing the concert and, and obviously a wrestling fan for quite some time, when you hear about moving venues, you initially think that, okay, sales aren't going as well as they want. But I also did the event planning business for a couple of years at, at Comic-Con, so I know that sometimes things just have to change out of your control. 
So yeah, if they were going to sell 68,000 and they have to move down to 25k, it sucks. But you're going to get again a very dedicated 25, probably a louder 25k there. So I don't think it's a bad Plus, thing overall. Right, and the WWE ain't going there for ticket sales cuz they're already getting paid <laughs> to go there to begin with. So True, true. Yeah, well, merchandise maybe, I don't know. Are they are they allowed to sell merchandise as long as there's not a female on it? As long as a female didn't <laughs> weave the fabric, we're okay. <laughs> no, I, aren't they being paid by the government to do shit? Yeah, like the, yeah that's they got where the, the majority of their profits coming from. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, let's say they they had a sixty one thousand venue, and you only had thirty thousand. Thirty thousand is not a shabby number, but when you look at that arena, right. it's going to look okay. Right, which keep that thought in mind. Uh, it's good for a f- uh, future news article here I have later on. Wow, look at you uh, planning so. ahead. For anybody who didn't know, Greg was early today <laughs> on this podcast recording, which is amazing. It's ridiculously amazing. And Greg is like foreshadowing news stories. Are you okay, <laughs> Greg? Yep, yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Actually, you know what? I even have a follow-up from last week's you know, from the last week's story too. What is going on? <laughs> so we'll jump into the follow-up I have. Here. Uh, now we talked about uh, uh, WWE trademarking uh, WCW old names. You know, old WCW trademarks. WCW. And there was an update. And, and I even brought this up last week. I said, "Hey, MLW even ran." A war games show and apparently mlw actually trademarked war games so now mlw owns the war games trademark and ww wasn't happy about that and i guess some apparently let the trademarks lapse and that's why they hurried up and trademarked all the remaining major wcw trademarks that uh must have lapsed so then they didn't lose any other names that makes a lot of sense. I'm also reading a lot of stuff, and I, I think this is probably a little bit more of a uh, of a stretch. But I'm reading something that, w, that WWE may be bringing back WCW as a brand, so to speak. But WCW will stand for Women's Championship Wrestling. Oh, okay. And again, I think it's probably a stretch. I don't know if we're going to see it. But if we do, I, it's not a bad use of an old, familiar... Yo, yo, right. Uh, logo and idea, uh, YOLO, you know, a familiar, you only live once. Um, but yeah, it'd be cool to have that brand back without trying to bring back the brand as it was. Right, right. Which is what they tried to do back in, uh, oh one, oh two. But, uh, at least back then they had WCW people to try <laughs> to make that happen. Now they do that. It's like. Who the hell are you, you got? Yeah, seriously, who do you even bring back for that? It's it, it wouldn't even be worth it. Like it's like bringing back ECW, right? At this point, but yeah. even worse because but, the people in WCW were already ancient. <laughs> but I, who would have ever thought we'd see the XFL back and it came back? So WWE's no stranger bringing back old names that we never thought would ever be used again. Which I'm fine with WCW, as long as you're not doing the exact same thing. The XFL not doing the exact same thing they were last time, at least so they claim. Allegedly. Allegedly. Right. <laughs> uh, but So you bring back WCW as Women's Championship Wrestling? 
okay, let's give it a shot. But if you yeah. bring it back as World Championship Wrestling and Ted Turner's running it, no, thank you. Okay, maybe. Maybe if Ted Turner's running it, maybe. <laughs> but only if Bischoff comes, too. And Vince Russo. And David Arquette. And, uh, and Jimmy King from Royal uh, Ready to Rumble. Hey, I, I read David Arquette is uh, trying to really, uh, I guess, make it in the wrestling business. He's taking indie bookings. He's got some official training behind him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. He got tired of all this, all this trash talking, all these people being mad at him for for taking a, a world title, which I don't think any of us blame him for doing so. He, I mean, he even fought it. He didn't want the right, WCW championship. Oh, and I even listened to a recent uh, podcast with uh, Vince Russo on it, or an article. I read it somewhere just recently where uh, Russo claimed, because, you know, all these years Russo took credit for it and defended it, saying, look at the ratings spike the next day. We were on US, the cover of U.S. Day today, the, the next day or whatever. Then, out of you know, after 20 years of basically taking credit for it and trying to defend it, then he's like, yeah, it was all Tony Schiavone's idea. I knew it. Idea. I knew it. See, <laughs> this whole time I've been telling you Tony Schiavone is the worst. <laughs> and finally, Vince Russo helps confirm this. I mean, obviously, anytime Shivani did play-by-play, he confirmed this. But for anybody who needed further proof, Tony Shivani was the one that basically put the world title on David Arquette. <laughs> I just found that funny, just that after all this time. It was probably just, yeah, a repressed memory. <laughs> He probably just forgot all this time. He's like, yeah, it's my fault. It's my fault. And then one day, wait a minute. He's talking to a therapist. He's like, wait a minute. That wasn't me. And now Vince Russo is taking back his life. Good for him. By the way, anybody who missed it, you want to go to movies, uh, films, and flicks. Uh, you want to check out their podcast. I guested last week to talk ready to rumble. And Greg, let me tell you, one of the toughest challenges of my life was finding three positive things to say about that movie oh i could probably think of three right off the top of my head oh shut up no go ahead Let's do it see. Then. Do let it. me I, well the uh, final uh, act uh, the uh, final act i thought was for a script for a movie scripted uh depiction of a wrestling match i mean they went way over the top with the triple cage thing so i thought all the stunts and everything at the end uh for a movie depiction of an exaggerated triple cage wrestling match. I mean, it was better than no holds barred uh, depiction of wrestling matches. I love the comparison. It's like, well, it's better <laughs> than this. It's like, how, how often do I say, you know, brown poop is not necessarily better than green poop. It's still poop. Well, they had the poop jokes in that uh, movie, didn't they, too, with the... Uh, the urine or with the, the the urinal yeah. or the yes yes I oh, know yeah. thank you yeah that's not I a positive that. Greg it's not a positive it's <laughs> not a positive, positive. <laughs> um oh, I'm trying the the John Cena cameo oh shut up you don't even know that was John Cena until recently it's not a plus <laughs> you you got um, one you got one compliment for this movie. You got two more to do right now, buddy. All right, I'm, I'm, I'm working on it. I'm trying you're, to. You're trying to I'm look refreshing. something up right now. Yeah. I'm, no, I'm not actually looking anything up. I'm, 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 uh, 
accessing my memory database here. Oh, probably, okay. All right. I think the last time I saw it is when us and a group of friends went to the theater and watched it when it first came out. Yeah, which I didn't think it was horrible at that time. I didn't think it was good, but I didn't think it was horrible <laughs> till I rewatched it recently. Then I, I, I felt ashamed watching it. I felt ashamed it, for younger me thinking it was okay-ish. The Nitro Girls are in it, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. There's a positive. Sure. You're led by Rose McGowan. <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> she was what. Um, cast as a night as one of the nitro girls. the lead yeah she was the uh the kimberly page of it yeah poor kimberly didn't get to be the the lead of the nitro girls in the movie um oh, the macho man was in it yeah he, he, had was, a he was cameo. In a, he was in a couple movies yeah which point <laughs> i mean anything's a positive with the macho man right <laughs> i don't know i listened to his rap album uh, fine, fine. We'll give you fine. That'll be your three right there. That's <laughs> so you 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 had to come up with three. Would you have to come up with like ten negatives? No, no. It was just it was a spur of the moment challenge, much like oh, this, okay. where okay, at the end of the podcast, after spending forty five minutes shaking my head at everything, <laughs> I, I was then challenged by Mark, who was the the main host. He challenged me to think of three positives and. So did you come up with three? The first two were stretches. I don't remember what the first two were. They were stretches, <laughs> like you. Uh, but the third one being, and I don't want to, I don't want to spoil too much for anybody who wants to listen to the full podcast. But the nostalgia that this movie uh, brought back, bringing yeah. me back to the Attitude Era, WCW versus WWE, uh, Prince Ikea and Perry <laughs> Saturn, and stars that I don't think of anymore right, were in right. this movie because they pretty much put almost every member of the WCW roster somewhere in that movie, even if it was in the background of the backstage hanging out or uh, the one line, uh, it wasn't even chronic was like a hit men or something in the movie. I think. Yeah. And, they all, uh, and then they, they got all beat got, up by the old guy. They all got attention. Uh, it's not a good movie by any means, but it brought me back to, a different time in my life, a different time in my wrestling fandom, uh, when you and I and so many others would watch on a weekly basis our two-screen setup that one <laughs> right. was on WCW, one was on Raw. It's just like It brought me back 20 years, and, and that was a plus to be able to go back yeah. and relive some of that. So that is a legit highlight from that movie, the the response, the emotion it conjures up. Not the emotion or the physical reaction of disgust. <laughs> it also conjures that, but that's not a highlight. So anyway, that's available. If you need the link, let me know. Reach out to me or at Wrestling Audio on any of the socials, and we'll send you the link there. But all right, Greg, what else is going on? Uh, there was uh, oh, I, I was foreshadowing the the whole uh, ar empty arena thing. Yes, yes. Well, um, everybody remembers Big Cass, right? He's not totally forgotten yet, right? Who? Big Cass. Colin Cassidy. Or or now Big C. Or Big C. You know, Big C finally made his um, big re-debut on the indie scene, um, cutting his first big promo um, in front of, I would say, 
an okay crowd for an indie show if it would have been booked in the right arena. But it was booked in an arena way too big for the amount of crowd that they got. So it was kind of like the old uh, TNA days when they booked an entire baseball stadium and then you just got the ring right by home plate and you got about 20 people <laughs> by the ring. And then it just lo- it, it looked like that when I, when I watched, uh, watched the video. Yeah, I don't uh, think the, the angle, the direction the video is being taken by this fan did any favors either, no. Well, uh, this wasn't this was a fan video either. This was Oh, okay. I saw the was fan the, video. Oh, okay. I saw it on the official website. And they the fan the video, video was close to like the entrance ramp, so to speak, the entrance way. And it was facing the other side of the entrance way where there's not a lot of fans. Oh, okay. And it just looked really bad. It looked like there and was it, 19 people in the crowd. Right, right. And it, it, once you saw, and I, and the thing that kind of surprised me when I went to this uh, is how many like former big names that they have. They have Matt Stryker as their uh, uh, announcer slash uh, interview guy. Hey, Greg. They have Ryback. Greg, did you know they, that Matt Stryker was the Boogeyman's first opponent when he got drafted to ECW? I did know that. I, I bet that's a bit of trivia you, you didn't know. <laughs> no, that was a bit of trivia you and Balls didn't know. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, I found a uh, uh, Bret Hart quiz online, so I took it, and I got a 90% out of 10 questions. So out of nice. 10 Bret Hart questions. And how much did one. you cheat? I didn't cheat at all. Wow. I, honest, now, some of them I'd... Uh, Two or three of them were lucky guesses. Okay, well, fair enough. Fair enough. I, I don't know how well I would do with a Bret Hart quiz, but send it to me. I'll see how I, how well I do. All right. I don't often, they asked, uh, like, don't some King of the Ring it. questions. Uh, the, the, it was questions ranging from the 80s all the way through the end of his career. Okay, all right, fair enough. Uh, but anyhow, I'll get back to Big, uh, big C. Uh, this was his big moment. This is the first time he was able to talk publicly uh, since being cut release of, from the WWE. So, you know, everybody's thinking this is going to be, you know, a juicy promo. Uh, basically, he thanked everybody and then turned heel and then said he's going back to the big leagues, <laughs> referring to the WWE. <laughs> so, so that kind of sums up his, uh, his, big, uh, his big return to wrestling. Uh, in the uh, subs, it, it was some Michigan indie wrestling. I guess not too, too far from me. I don't remember. Why didn't you go? <laughs> but uh, um, yeah, it's. it's no, a- I was just surprised by the crowd, like how they, like I was looking at their roster and looking at the guy, like the, they have big name people that they book that they're obviously spending a lot of money on, and. They surely ain't getting all in crowds. No, no, they're not. But it's it's an independent promotion. If it's decent size or not, you know, there's there's a lot of money being spread out between even an even larger amount of promotions and companies trying to get attention. So, um, you know, good for them. They're they're bringing in some talent and whatnot, and. A big big C's promo and direction is questionable, but I think it's got some potential. 
you know, the whole he wants he's going to tell the story, but only to a deserving crowd. It's a great right. heel move. He'll probably never tell the story until some <laughs> some stupid video cast pays him money for his story, which will be ultimately disappointing. Um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, good for him. It's and if it works, if it gets the crowd to react, good for him. Now, if you could just work on showing character in the ring, that'd be great. Right now, now this is off topic, real quick, Greg. But yeah. I thought uh, I just reminded, so I looked it up real quick. That uh, Better Call Saul, AMC's official um, uh, social accounts for the yes. show that you and I love oh so dearly. Right, we're not the only ones in the wrestling world that love it. Oh yeah, they have retweeted and reposted on the different socials. Matt Hardy gushing about the the show. Wow. He said, Better Call Saul is so good. The pre-Breaking Bad show builds of Jimmy to Saul via life experience and Kim relationship. Hector S.'s story, Gus Frink's super lab construction, and Mike's evolution are all, in all capitals, brilliant. (laughs) So there you go. There's there's love from Matt Hardy. So anybody thinks that we're crazy for talking about it and loving on it on this show, well, Matt Hardy's crazy too. Did you watch the season finale? No. Y'all caught up on it? I meant to do it before this podcast because I knew either on the air or off the air <laughs> you would ask me, but it hasn't happened no. yet. But... Yeah, I won't say anything. Thank you. Say did you Did you watch the one with Huel? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I I thought that was hilarious. I was that was a good episode for sure. And did you know that website? They made it into a real website that you can go to. That doesn't surprise me. They did the same thing with the Save Walter White. Yeah, yep. It's the exact same thing they did with Save Walter White. So you can go to that website, and it's they they do the they make it out to be like a church website, and then they show all the charitable things. So the website even goes further than what they showed on the TV show. So they show all the charitable things that Huel has done for this fictional. uh, uh, church, which is pretty funny, and then you can even get it because you know uh, Jimmy was playing the pastor, so you can actually uh, get uh, more audio of Jimmy, of uh, Bob Odenkirk playing the pastor of this uh, fictional uh, church, which is pretty funny too. So there you go, everybody. There you go, everybody. <laughs> so much to check out that we're. we're Greg started something last week with the or two weeks ago with the whole expand. Let's go ahead and support everyone else. <laughs> so let's just watch everything else. Uh, so anyway, I'm sorry to, to to take us off course there, but I just thought you'd get a kick out of them promoting Matt Hardy's love of their show. <laughs> uh, that's actually it I got for news. I got the 2004 Royal Rumble fun facts. The, the Royal Rumble, the WWE wants you to forget. Why is that, Greg? Because uh, that's the one Chris Benoit won. Who? See? He forgot already. They want you to forget. Big C? <laughs> Not quite, no. Oh, okay. I said, I don't remember who Big C is, and I don't know this Chris Ben Benihana? What would you call him? Well, it's spelled like Benoit, but it's pronounced Benoit. Huh. huh. Interesting. I, I do not remember that guy at all. <laughs> Was he good? Was, I mean, I apparently can't be that good if I don't remember him. Well, we'll go. I'll go through the fun facts here. Might refresh okay. your memory. All right, fair enough. Fair enough. So, uh, n- number one uh, doesn't have to do with the rumble itself, but the the title match 
Uh, Brock Lesnar did not want to work with Bob Holly for the title uh, during the uh, their match in the 2004 Royal Rumble, but uh, the the feeling was mutual because even Bob Holly admitted that uh, uh, that he and Lesnar did get along even after Lesnar uh, dropping him on his head and breaking his neck and him having to go over a year worth of uh, surgery and recovery to get back into the ring. Um, but Holly adds that the WWE did very little time to build up the match and build up the rivalry for his return out from injury and uh, didn't position him good enough to pose as a threat to Brock Lesnar. So uh, Lesnar wasn't happy with the match. Holly wasn't happy with the match. I get where where he's coming from saying that WWE didn't build this up. It was kind of a rush storyline from what I recall. But yeah. conversely, it wasn't exactly the feud that people were clamoring for. And, right. and I don't mean that to be disrespectful. I'm not saying that these guys can't go, but just it's the rumble. And, and really, it's only the last couple of years where they recently built any other match on the rumble to be of somewhat importance. You know, it's just more, if you had a title shot at the rumble, you know, nothing's happening. Right. Back in that day, that's, you know, 2004 and earlier, if you had a title shot at maybe during the attitude era was the exception, maybe, but even then the rumble was the draw. Everything else was just filler till you got to it. Right. I think you were, cause it, what in 99, when it was rock and Foley, I think they taught, they, they tossed the title back and forth multiple times through January and February. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, it is what it is. But I, I get their frustration, but I don't really think this time of year they're going to get something much better. Maybe you could draw it out over November, December, but those aren't exactly the prime months to have a feud either. So, I don't know. Damned if you do, damned if you don't. Uh, for the Rumble match... Fun fact number two is that it was Chris Benoit's very first Royal Rumble. Okay, well, since he was a nobody, I guess that's not a big deal. Well, four, four years had passed since uh, Chris Benoit and his radical comrades made their uh, uh, jump from WCW to uh, WWE, but they had missed the 2000 Royal Rumble by eight days because they didn't debut till eight days after sure. the 2000. Sure. Then in uh, 2001... And uh, in 03, he was um, on the undercard, uh, still in high-profile matches with Kurt Angle and Chris Jericho in those two shows. And then in 02, he missed completely because of the spinal surgery. Yeah, it's kind of funny how that works out. Yeah, there's a lot of stars from time to time, and I'm kind of drawing a blank right now, unfortunately, but... Uh, some of these stars said, oh, this is the so-and-so's first ever appearance here. It's like, well, how did that happen? Right. And I'll be getting to another one of those here in a, here in a sec. Uh, it was, uh, I'll just do, I'll do that one next. Uh, Spike Dudley was the only Dudley to appear in any Royal Rumble, uh, starting with 2004, until 2015, <laughs> when, um, uh, Bubba Ray made uh, a surprise appearance. So all <laughs> those years that all three Dudleys were in the WWE, 
The only year we had a Dudley at that time was Spike Dudley. And technically he didn't even make it to the match because he was, uh, it was one of those where he got taken out middle of his entrance and then never made it even into the match. Yeah. And as Spike Dudley should, (laughs) in my opinion anyway, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's crazy to think about. But the Dudleys, they were tag team specialists for quite some time, and right. they took the and that, Dudleys seriously. And and that's for uh, five straight years, Bubba Ray and Devon were always in uh, a Rumble undercard tag match mm-hmm. of some sort. And I remember that. I absolutely remember that. So not too, I mean, it's surprising, but it's not surprising, if that makes any sense. And by then, they, they had all gone to TNA. Spent the rest of the time in TNA until 2015 when uh, Bubba came back. Those poor guys. <laughs> and uh, Bradshaw's Rumble appearance led to an unlikely first. Okay. Uh, this was right. This was before we had JBL. This one is when he was still the the brawling Bradshaw. Uh, you know, post. Uh, APA, but before he was uh, JBL, uh, JBL entered the uh, 2004 Royal Rumble, uh, dishing out some clotheslines. And then just after 38 seconds, he was the very first person eliminated in the Royal Rumble. So his unlikely first is he's the only guy in history to be the first person eliminated in the Royal Rumble then go on to win a world title in the same calendar year. Hmm. Well, there you go. That's a fun fact. See, finally! How yeah. many rumbles did it take to get a fun fact? <laughs> See, now we've had other uh, notable stars be the first elimination, like uh, Ted DiBiase was in 92, Bob Backlund in 96, Shawn Michaels in 03. We talked about that last week, uh, being the first elimination. Uh, Rick Flair in 07, The Miz in 15. But none of these guys went on to win a world title in the same calendar year as being the first eliminated. Hmm. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. Because after this rumble, JBL, be- or Bradshaw became JBL uh, just months after the Royal Rumble. So once he became JBL, he had that monster push from the beginning. Uh, to uh, I believe he ended up beating uh, what was it? I think it was Guerrero for his first uh, championship. I think See, it was at the if Great you get American eliminated Bash. from the Rumble first, then you just need a gimmick change and you're fine. Right, right. Yeah, just just become a Republican character that Vince McMahon loves, and you uh, you're <laughs> that's a complete title. copy off of a previous character that was done. Right, exactly. Just just modernized in the uh, the news network era. Right. Perfect. And then you redo that character again a couple years later. I think Epico or Primo, one of those two should aim for, hey, I want to be the first one out of the Rumble. I want to be the first one out. I got plans. (laughs) Uh, John Cena tore his MCL during his elimination. I I believe this even made uh, the don't try this at home PSAs that you can't fast forward to on the DVDs. (laughs) Not that you've tried. <laughs> uh, John Cena uh, got tossed out of the ring, and you can clearly see his left leg bend at a very unsettling angle. 
his his uh, leg bent at Kurt Angle? No, it, it bent uh, at a very bad angle. Oh well, Kurt Angle around at, that time at an was Eric Angle. Okay, okay, so bent like Eric Angle. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Makes perfect sense. Um, everybody thought Cena would be out for at least nine months, but uh, shortly before No Way Out, just three weeks later. John Cena did an interview where he admitted he torn his MCL, uh, but he said that that was not going to stop him from uh, in-ring action. Uh, And it didn't. Cena worked a somewhat lighter schedule, uh, but wore a knee brace and continued to work uh, through the matches, even had that match with Big Show by WrestleMania uh, for the the, the U.S. title. and and work through the injury. And under today's rules, I don't think they would allow him to do that. But but at that time, uh, if a wrestler pushed through, they weren't going to stop him. Different era. Different era. Probably also worried about lawsuits at this point. Right. Yeah, somebody, even though it's their decision, they could still find a way the WWE didn't protect me from doing so. <laughs> they didn't protect me from myself. Uh, and my so, decisions. Yeah. Good for him, you know. Everybody says that Cena hasn't put in his dues or whatnot. I mean, you don't hear it as much as you used to, but a lot of people were very upset with Cena for so many years. But the guy, he did work his ass off to get where he was at and then continued working his ass off to stay where he's at, and this is a prime example, I believe. And I think after the uh, recent Roman Reigns push of the past couple of years, we look back at the Cena push, we're like, you know... It wasn't so bad. They did push him down our throats a little bit there in the beginning, but, but nowhere near as bad as what it currently is with Roman Reigns. No, no, and it's it's not really Roman's fault either. Like you right. can't really fault Roman. I mean, it's and he does work his ass off to try to remain in that spot, but you can only do so much with nothing. Right. Uh, next fun fact: um, the Big Show is uh, a first. He accomplished a first here. Uh, The Big Show was the first man to be a Royal Rumble runner-up twice. (laughs) Good for him. So for 2000 was the first time he was a runner-up with The Rock, and then uh, he was the runner-up with uh, Chris Benoit winning the Royal Rumble. Um, but, uh, you know, in the future, uh, we had other, uh, other big people be the bridesmaid. Uh, Shawn Michaels was, uh, 94. And then in 2007, he was the runner up. Uh, Triple H was 08 and 09. John Cena, 05 and 2010. And Roman Reigns, 2014 and 2017. But Big Show had the first of the double run- runners up. And he should try to be first eliminated. <laughs> and then he can change his gimmick and be world champion by the end of 2019. Hey, if he's in this Rumble and he's the runner-up, he could be the, the three-peat. But then change his gimmick, I, too. Yeah. I don't know if anybody's three-peated. And then he can call himself the Big C. <laughs> and become a huge champion. And then Cass is like, oh, damn it. I could have used that. I was on my way back to the big leagues. <laughs> Sounds we you and I do stellar I big cast impressions. They, they are spot on character. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> uh, 
And the final fun fact, Chris Benoit set a new longevity mark for uh, longest duration in the Royal Rumble. Longevity, huh? Longevity. <laughs> I like longevity, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's, it, was, it was a big deal. Benoit, at the who, time, yeah. And yeah it it was, was at the time it was a big deal, and he was the guy the crowd, for the most part, really wanted to see win it. And it's hard to remember back in those days when WWE listened to the fans. <laughs> right. So yeah. long ago. Um, Benoit lasted one hour, one minute, and 31 seconds, beating the previous uh, longevity holder, Bob, <laughs> Bob Backlund, who was one hour, one minute, and 10 seconds. So, so he beat, so <clears throat> yeah, beat, beat Bob Backlund. And here's the crazy thing is uh, from 1988 to 1993, every Royal Rumble had somebody that was in for a longer than the previous year. So like uh, Bret Hart had held the longest first year, then Mr. Perfect was a little bit longer the next year. To Ted DiBiase, to Rick Martel, to Ric Flair, to finally Bob Backlund, uh, ninety-four. That uh, I'm sorry, in ninety-three, that uh, held that record, and then held that record all the way until two thousand and four, when Chris Benoit beat him by less than a minute. Well, let's see. You're when Shawn Michaels, when Shawn Michaels won the distance. They only had one-minute intervals, so that's why Shawn Michaels wasn't close in the couldn't beat because the Rumble was less than an hour. Oh, excuses! Oh, excuses! You know what? Win the Rumble and then refuse to leave the ring. <laughs> or everybody or just, agrees. Hey, we're gonna wait till everybody comes out before we even start competing. <laughs> we're just gonna have. 29 just, minutes of us talking and getting along. Or just, uh, you, you're the last two guys. You just dangle the other guys over the top rope by his feet. You just leave them dangling there until you set the record. Yeah, you have two heels at the end who just <laughs> refuse to end the match. They're just teasing the crowd like, oh, 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 we had you. We had you fooled. You thought we were going to end the match, but no, we're looking to break records. And then That's, they go to pretend to drop, jump out, and they're like, "Oh no, we got you. We're not jumping out yet." That's what I would do. I would just, I would have, I would you have, have somebody good on the mic that can just run their mouth. No, no, you don't even need that. You just have people talking. You have Doctor Shelby as a referee, <laughs> and you have Doctor Shelby whenever somebody like you got Dolph Ziggler and Seth Rollins. You know, Rollins is just coming out, Dolph's ready to fight, and Dr. Shelby's like, no, 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 no. We need to talk out our differences. And he calms <laughs> everyone down until all 30 are in the ring. That's uh, what I would do. I'm That's... assuming someone's beaten that since then. I mean, especially with that long, that 50 person or whatever that was, that Saudi Arabia Royal Rumble. That's still going, actually. <laughs> I'd assume that somebody probably uh, had beaten that mark by now. I haven't researched the... Uh, more recent ones to see if they because i would think that the wwe would want that record erased off their record books and have somebody else 30 seconds longer just so they can say they're the longest of course of course so i assume that's happened i we'll, we'll find out when i look up the future rumbles 
All right, so I got I got one more thing for you here. Then we're going to uh, we're going to wrap things up. Uh, this is rumors that Greg forgot. Oh, nice. Here's the headline right here, Greg. Did it just right, this, come up? Uh, I was just looking it up just in case. Yeah. I want to make sure I do it during the show to make sure that there's no breaking news or something. Right. Um, so here's the headline, Greg. WWE fan, an anonymous one. We don't know who. WWE <laughs> fan reportedly had sex. With NXT superstar Lars Sullivan in exchange for front row WrestleMania tickets. We should. This should have been the kickoff story. This should have been the kickoff story <laughs> I today. I suppose anything's possible. No, no, no. This should have been the kickoff story because uh, this is such a far-fetched belief that Lars Sullivan has access to front row tickets at WrestleMania. <laughs> Of all the stars, yeah, yeah like, that, that right that that should be the 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 key the, the the kicker there. Yeah, like I don't even care about the fan having sex like, groupies. It happens, male, female, doesn't matter. They have them, and Lars Sullivan, not my cup of tea, but hey, you know, <laughs> somebody wants to drink him up, so cool, good for him. But to think like first come first serve, maybe, maybe he'd be like, okay, well, this person really needs them. Okay, Lars, here you go. And then a day later, John Cena says, hey, I need front row tickets for my dad. Oh, sorry, Lars Sullivan beat you. (laughs) And then John Cena's like, oh, man, Lars is so good. I got one more thing to bring up off topic. It was something that you mentioned last week. All right. Didn't you say Venom was going to bomb this week? No, I said it was going to bomb in the second week. Oh, okay. Now, I said I was going to have a good first weekend, uh, uh, but I'd be curious to see how it's going to it, be in the second week. Either way. Up on, it just popped up on my phone here. Like, I just got a, like, a random alert about Venom, and then I remember you saying something about it bombing last week, so I had to clarify. Because it looks like it's doing pretty good this week the, for the opening week. Yeah. It just popped up on Broke my phone. Broke October records the first weekend. Yeah. I just, I'm curious how, uh, how word of mouth is going to be. Word of mouth from fans has been better than critics anyway, so... <laughs> So I don't know if it's going to bomb as much as I originally thought, but first weekend, a second weekend box office usually always takes a big dip. So we'll see how big this, this one is. We'll see if it's a big C or not. Well, uh, it looks to me, it looks like it probably did good. Even if it does bomb next week, it did good enough to uh, probably do that sequel that they were, that they seem to be hyping. Well, I have no doubt about that. that they're going to do that anyway, but they ha- it hasn't made its production budget back yet. So right now, it still is not a success. But yeah, I think it's I think it's fine. Support small podcasts. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Help the oddities of pro wrestling podcasts become the New World Order. That uh, I dropped you on your head. That it was uh, a malicious attack with malice. Trying to break my neck. You're absolutely right. <laughs> Show your support by visiting patreon.com/slash wrestling audio. Hey yo, 